What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And today we're going to be talking about money tips that we have implemented over the years and some of the, yes. some of the mistakes we've made with money, some of the things we've learned, and hopefully they can help some of you. Yes, life-changing tips. I mean, some of these things truly have made a huge impact. Like, I mean, my life is totally different now that I've done some of this stuff and I've looked into it and I've, yeah, I've implemented it into my own life. So I'm excited to share. Yes. Um, this episode is coming out on August 21st. So that means I've got some more fall tour dates coming up. I am going to be in Fort Collins and Louisville, Spokane and Cleveland in the next couple months. And then in November, December, I'm going to be in Grand Rapids, DC, Huntsville, Nashville, Atlanta, Boston, and Tampa. So if you live by any of those cities or in any of those cities, please go to KelseyCook.com and get those tour date tickets. Fantastic. And yes, if you want to uh, tune into my other podcasts, you can do so at DelaneyFisher.com. Uh, we talk about building an unconventional life and career over there. Lots of cool interviews with people with very unconventional um, businesses and lives. And it's just really, really fun. It's a private podcast, but it's totally free. And yeah. Would love to have you. Yay. Well, before we get into some of our tips, we found some quotes that I think pertain to this episode. Um, one of the ones is, money is only a tool. It will take you wherever you wish, but it will not replace you as the driver. Yes. I like that one a lot. That's from Ayn Rand. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I like that. Um, um, do you have one as well, Delaney? Um, you know, I think this one, I love this one. It's an unknown, you know, we, we can't attribute it to anybody, uh, but money doesn't change people. It unmasks them. Yeah. I truly believe, you know, people are so, some people are worried to 
attain more money because they think it's going to make them a bad person or whatever kind of fears Mm -hmm. people have. But I think it's just more like, you know, pouring gasoline on a fire. If you're generous without much money, you're going to be generous with more money. If you're an asshole with no money, you're (laughs) going to continue to be an asshole. Like you can, and there's everything in between, you know? So I I do really agree. Like money is, is truly a tool and you get to use it for good, bad, the gray area, whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something that I think, I hope I will continue to learn and learn and learn throughout my entire life. I think that there's no limit to how much you can learn about money and, um, and investing and all of that. And I, I feel like I came into the game kind of late. Maybe that's pretty common for our generation of just understanding how we are supposed to be spending our money, how we're supposed to be saving our money. And when we had Delian, the money coach on an episode, when was that? Maybe six months ago? Yeah, something like that. She really opened my eyes to so many things. And I highly recommend that episode to you guys. If you're looking for more um, just financial tips, trying to understand money better, she really held our hands and walked us through a very basic understanding of investing and stuff like that. So Um, I think, where do you want to start with this one? Do you want to start with mistakes that we've made ways that we've changed? Um, I have a list of like internal work that I've done and like action steps I've taken. So I have kind of like two different categories. And I also just want to say like, I go back and forth all the time with how I even feel about our current system involving money. So if you feel like, why the fuck do we even have to do this? I am right there with you. I think our system is like very broken in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And part of me truly just wants to peace the fuck out and live in, in the, live in the middle of nowhere, you know, <laughs> off of $50 a month, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and just opt out of our society because right. I think we are, a lot of us are, you know, we can be set up to fail. Um, we sometimes have to have jobs we fucking hate just to be, pay for food. I think it's truly fucked. So let me just say that first. <laughs> That being said, not all of us are realistically going to be able to opt out of this society that we have. And so I have really just kind of had to accept, like, how do I play this game to make it work for myself and my life and the values that I have, but not become like a prisoner to it as well at the same time, right? Like it's finding that happy medium of like, what am I willing to do and what am I not willing to do when it comes to money? And yes. so it, I have very complicated feelings about it in the first place. Yeah. So just setting, I'm setting that precedent. Yeah. And did you, what was your financial situation like growing up? Like, what do you think were some of the messages that were taught to you early on? Yeah. Messages that I received early on were very much like, you know, you have to work hard for money, right? It's, it requires a lot of time, a lot of work. Um, although there were messages of like, follow your dreams and do what you love. I didn't see like examples of what that looked like logistically. And so I think, you know, action speaks loud, speak louder than words, especially for kids who are absorbing everything. Um, and so I just saw a lot of like, you got to be really stressed to make money. You're usually doing something that you don't actually enjoy doing. It's grueling. It's hard. Um, sometimes you have to put making money over your own health and well-being and your health might decline. Like I, I was seeing a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, 
making money doing something that you love isn't very realistic or, you know, it's a great pipe dream and all that stuff. And this is just from society in general. This is not just like from one person. It's just from what you observe kind of in the world. So that's yeah. kind of what my money mindset was, if you will. What about you, Kels? So I think I grew up around more of a scarcity mindset where, um, you know, in, in both of my households, because my parents were, were divorced, there was not a lot of money. And there were a lot of like, getting really excited when it was payday, right? And then um, maybe overspending on payday and then the toward the end of the month would get really, really tight and like having to be very careful about what was purchased and stuff like that. I remember growing up spending some time in like money tree offices <laughs> with one of my parents, you know, just uh, money was something that was talked about a lot because it seemed to kind of always be a struggle to have it. And like it would slip away very quickly and, you know, saw a lot of credit cards being open, stuff like that. So I think for me, money became this thing that was like, Ooh, this is a really, there's a lot of energy that goes into this thing in trying to get it and trying to keep it, trying to have enough of it. It seemed like something that was always incredibly stressful for, for all of my family growing up. So, and I think that's probably step one when you get older into having a positive money mindset is understanding where you come from and trying to work to undo the negative ideas you have about money because that shit is so pervasive. Like it will keep sneaking into your life and how you spend money without you even realizing it. Oh, absolutely. And I know like for me, you know, the messages that I would kind of pick up on is like, oh, you could make a lot of money, but like you're you're going to hate your life. You know, that's like the trade off yeah. <laughs> or there might be some fun parts of it. But overall, it's going to really suck. And you're just, you know, like a third of your life is going to suck, but you'll get two weeks of vacation and X, Y, Z. And mm-hmm. if you do want to make a lot of money um, or and potentially maybe like your life a little bit more, well, uh, you can become a doctor or a celebrity. Like, the, like the options oh, are like you'll, sure. you'll probably, if you want to get lucky and try to be lucky and be a celebrity, you might really enjoy your life and and make money. Doctor, probably not so much. Going to be probably pretty fucking brutal. So it's like not many options yeah. if you do want to make money. Um, and I think it's so interesting because I, I mean, it took me until I don't know, twenty seven, maybe around give or take that age, to realize that money mindset stuff was even a thing because yeah. I just thought. Money stuff is factual. Whatever I feel about money is just facts, right? Like that's what money is. <laughs> like non-emotional. And non-emotional stuff, but it yeah. is so emotional. And oh I God, remember so emotional. thinking like, oh, please, that sounds like woo-woo bullshit. Um, but <laughs> yeah. then you start talking to other people, you have relationships with other people, and you start seeing people spending habits are different. The way they feel about money is different. The way they they feel how easy or hard it is to get is all different because of how they grew up or environments or messages that they received growing up. And that is a mind-blowing experience once you start testing that out for yourself and be like, wow, what do I believe about money? And I, uh, that has a big impact on what I'm doing in my current position and why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. 
VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. <laughs> what, um, what were some of the mistakes that you made in your 20s with money? Um, I don't know. I mean, I would say, I don't know if they were really mistakes. I just didn't, like, I, I think it's really just the fact that I didn't know. I, I, I thought money was one thing. It's hard to get. It's hard to keep. Yeah. You have to kill yourself for money. I mean, really, that's kind of it. Yeah. So I think I did that. I, I sought out really low-paying, grueling jobs. I sought things out I didn't enjoy. Mm. I paid my dues. Mm -hmm. um, my health was absolute trash, right? Like, I, my health declined. Um, I got in a lot of debt. And, and so I guess, you know, though the missteps were believing that I had no control or power over how I made money. I think that's my biggest uh. mistake, I guess you could say, is that I gave my power to everybody else and didn't realize I had any. What yeah. about you, Kels? What, what kind of, you know, what do you wish you would have known when you were younger? Yeah, I, I had some really, I think, weird ideas about credit cards watching one of my parents use credit cards in a way that was problematic and not of any fault of their own. I know that they, I think they were just trying to get by and give, yeah. um, give me and my brother the best life. But uh, I saw how slippery of a slope credit cards can be where like you are maxing them out and not able to pay them back. And I think I became pretty afraid of using credit cards, of not really understanding credit cards. And then I would gradually, I did start to get one or two, but then I I wouldn't pay my full balance every month. I would pay the minimum payment. Yeah. And what I have changed since then is I, I actually have quite a few credit cards, but they are for stores that I shop at frequently or they are for like, I, I now have um, one of the, like the Delta American express because I am flying all the time and that makes sense for me to use that card and then get more get more miles I'm ultimately saving myself money in the long run but now I I have credit cards where I am using them frequently and I pay the full balance every month because what I didn't understand I didn't have a grasp on interest and so in my mind I was living in a very scarcity mindset where I was like well I don't want to pay all that off right now, all that money is going to come out of my account. And it's like, right. yeah, but when you are paying just the minimum, then you are being charged for something that doesn't exist. Like interest is, right. interest is just a, a penalty. <laughs> like you didn't <laughs> right. get anything. You didn't get a new fucking hoodie with interest. It's like, that's just what the penalty is from you not paying your balance off every month. And so when I started to see it like that, I became less afraid of going ahead and paying off my balance every month and instead trying to have like a bigger picture of like, if I don't pay this all off right now, I will actually have less money in my account. It's just over time that you have less money. It's not right. all at once. So that's right. been a huge change for me is paying off my credit cards every month. 
Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely used credit cards in a variety of ways, like the way that you're sharing about of just like I needed to just survive at one point and Mm -hmm. I had to just carry a balance. And then later on, I had also used a credit card like very intentionally to invest in myself that I ended up being able to pay back right away and ended up making more money because I allowed myself to have a little bit of debt. Um, Okay. And I I think it's just so wild to think that some people grow up with the belief that money is easy to make, money is fun to make, I can do what I love and make a lot of money, um, I can spend freely. All these, like Some people really, that's how they grew up. Yes. That blows my mind because <laughs> I truly just thought it was one thing. And do, so do you remember like the exact moment where you had to actually question your own beliefs because something externally happened? that clicked for you and changed your mind of like, oh shit, I've been doing some of this to myself. <laughs> yeah. I Like I said, I think the credit card thing was a big thing for me, but also um, cars. Buying cars has been, those have been big moments in my life where I'm like, I feel like I'm getting fucked here. Like I feel mm. like I'm not understanding the system right. And I know that I think it's talked about pretty commonly that cars are one of the number one large purchases that people really recommend. Like if you are able to buy a car outright, buy it outright because just the interest with the loans over years and years, God, you end up spending often like thousands of dollars more. And again, that is money that didn't, you didn't get anything extra from those thousands of dollars. You just got to make a monthly payment as opposed to buying it outright. And listen, I, in my past, have not been able to buy a car outright. That has not been an option. That has not been an amount of money that's in my bank account for me to do that. I have had to pay it monthly through loans. But I think that really opened my eyes of like, ooh, I don't want to ever do this again. I hated the feeling of that large chunk of money coming out of my account every month to pay off a car. And knowing that the amount that was coming out was bigger than what I actually, like what the car was actually worth. Right. Because I was having to pay off the loan. That really kind of lit a fire under my ass. I get really stressed out about having huge monthly payments for things like that, that I'm just like, man, if I can, if I can get things to a place financially where I can afford this outright, that will make me feel so free. And, and like I've, started to figure this out a little bit. So that was a big turning point for me was, was having another car that I got with a loan and just really hating that feeling. Mm, Gotcha. Yeah. I, I can remember a few moments in my life that made me realize, Oh shit. Uh, I feel like I've been doing some of this wrong, or I think I have more control over this than I Mm. realized. One of those moments was I, when I, when I first started stand up, I got a gig where I was like, um, I was like a sports announcer for this company and I I was paid like $500 for maybe two hours of my time. Right. And I remember thinking, what the fuck? I, if I could, if I could do this, Mm -hmm. if I could do a few of these a month, I'd be, I'd be so happy. Right. Because $500 at the time with like my day job or whatever I was doing, that would have taken 
days and days and days to get $500. And so something like that, I was like, wait a minute, not everybody is playing the same game here. Some people are showing up for a couple hours and doing something and getting something different than what I'm going to (laughs) get, you know, what I'm getting. And then uh, a big one, like the moment that really changed everything was when I launched Dicks by Delaney, Um, (laughs) you know, that, that first like product-based business. And I was, I still had my corporate day job and I, so I had, I had launched it officially and I signed into my account at work. Um, and I saw that I had orders that were already placed and the orders that were placed for, uh, a dick mug back then, (laughs) they, they totaled more money than I make in like a day or day and a half or something at that corporate day job. And I looked at the timeline of all the orders coming in and it was in with like 25 minutes of each other. Right. And I said, holy shit, I just made more my company, right? My business made more in 25 minutes than I do as a person at this job for 10 hours. Yeah. Oh my God. And that's when things really started firing off in my brain of like, I was pissed i mean i was happy (laughs) but i was so pissed Mm -hmm. that i didn't know that something like that was an option sooner yeah um something like taking control or starting a business or just learning more about money or whatever i was like i felt a little bit duped Mm -hmm. uh, with education or information and so from there i yeah i mean i was able to leave the day job in like within nine months of launching and um, never looked back. I never looked back. So that whole trading time for money and trading value for money and all of that stuff really started clicking in around that same time. I started doing a lot of money mindset work because I had experienced it for myself. I was more open to doing the work because I had actually tested it versus if I just heard it and it sounded like this fucking weird woo woo vague thing. Yeah. So started reading, you know, like you are a badass at making money, um, like all those types of money mindset helpful tools started coming into my life. So anything like that for you where you're like, oh my gosh, uh, there's more than one way to make money. (laughs) Well, for sure. And I think, so what I've learned about my money mindset stuff is it's not like a one and done thing for me. It's not like, oh, I read these mantras and now it's fixed. Like even when I think I've done a lot of work with it and that I'm in a better place, it has a way of doing a little bit of a backslide because if you look at the timeline of your life, maybe you've been believing these very very, um, like scarcity money mindset things for 30 years. Yeah. So you've got that thing, that thing has like a 30 year head start on your newfound positive, abundant money mindset. So it has ways, at least for me, I've found of kind of creeping back in. So I thought I had made all kinds of progress with, with what I thought about money and, and the money I thought I deserved and, you know, all those things that you're supposed to tell yourself, like these positive things. And then I think I mentioned this on the podcast that I got asked to do a private show for a company um, this was two years ago and it was like an, it was like an architecture firm and the guy, the owner reached out and was like, Hey, we'd love for you to be our entertainment for our corporate party this year. And I, he was, he was basically like, name your price. 
Yeah. And I found that like imposter syndrome shit and money mindset stuff can really go hand in hand and bring you back down to a place you shouldn't be. But I (laughs) gave myself a price and the guy wrote back and was like, oh, like if I knew you were going to charge that, I would have just like, he's like, I would give you that to just like come hang out or something. Like he made a joke about that (laughs) I priced myself so embarrassingly low that he thought it was funny. And I was like, this is a nightmare. This is horrifying Mm. that what I think my value is, like what I am comfortable asking for to this guy is like, is a joke. Mm. And Mm. ooh, that set such a fire in my ass because I'm like, what are you doing? Like you have, at the time, I think I'd been doing stand-up for like 12 years. It's like, this guy is asking you. Yeah. I mean, name, why wouldn't you name a bigger price? And the worst case scenario, they go, hey, it's out of our budget. Can you do this instead? But like, wh- why would you undercut yourself so severely? So that, ooh, that bothered me a lot where I had right. to really f- talk to myself and be like, okay, no more of that shit. You need to like really know your worth and be comfortable with it. And um and similarly, when I had started doing the makeup courses online, you were such a positive influence of like, you need to charge more for this. And I yeah. did, had all this imposter syndrome of like, <laughs> people aren't going to want to spend that much money. I didn't go to makeup school, blah, blah. And you were like, you have value because it's it's you. It's like people who love you, people who watch you online, people who listen to the podcast, they want to take a makeup course with you. It, mm. Like you have credibility because they're looking at your makeup online and going, I want to learn how to do that. You don't need to show a degree in fucking bronzer. Like, it's fine. <laughs> right. But I just fought and fought and fought against this idea that I could have worth financially. And so those moments. And then, like, seeing yeah. yourself be proven wrong. Like, charging what, <laughs> you know, you recommended I charge. And that people were happy to pay for it. Because we forget, too, that there is value, like, people like to buy nice things for themselves. Like, we all, I'm sure, have pieces of clothing or a piece of jewelry or something in your home that you love because you you earned it. You, like, spent more than you usually would and you're proud of it. And you feel extra nice when you wear it or whatever the fuck. And it's like, I don't know why I question that people don't want to do that, but... It's so, it's so deeply ingrained. Like you said, Kels, it's like we have decades of a certain conditioning around money. Mm -hmm. And then when you actively try to change it, it takes time because you don't have as much experience on that end of the spectrum, but you have to be really, really mindful about it. And like you said, like in a transactional setting, it is so interesting because there's two people coming to do something that might have completely different mindsets around money Mm -hmm. like what you experience with like you know naming your price kind of a thing I I, and and it's really weird you know as a as a service provider too I've really seen this and I I'll tell you an example of of something so I quoted somebody I have let's okay I quoted two different people something let's say I quoted them $25,000 for a project over here and $25,000 for a project over here one person said, oh, my God, I could never do that. That is so unrealistic. Yeah. I'm like, totally understand, right? The other person said, okay, cool. Is that monthly or total? 
no emotion, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, that is what like nobody is right or wrong or whatever, but that's like the the difference in mindsets yeah. that and situations about money and how, how uh, you know, investing in yourself or investing in your business, whatever, can that's how it can go. You can yeah. quote somebody $5 for a coffee and they say, oh my God, I cannot do that. And the other person will say, cool, I would have paid 10. right it's just it's so weird and so when yeah when you're like pricing and valuing valuing things it really does have to be like a very personal calculation experience based on your specific situation what are your living expenses what is your you know what are the results that you like I mean it's 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 wild to see to see all the the differences in that and I, I was one of the people that didn't know that I was operating with that at all yeah yeah. yeah, and we've been talking a lot on this episode about money mantras and and having those. And I would say also that it's, I think, very important when you're getting into stuff like that to do some of the work of if you love yourself, too. Because I know for me, when I was like in my 20s, early, early 30s, I had to take a good hard look at my life and how I felt about myself. And I didn't feel like I actually really loved myself or loved myself unconditionally. And that was very much being reflected in my bank account as well. And I think you, I think it's easier to believe the money mantra stuff if you actually do love yourself and think that you are worth making money. Because if you don't, I think sometimes the money mantras can sound just kind of like, oh, this is for somebody else. But if like you yeah. really feel like no, there there is a universal supply of money, and everybody has access to it, and I am tapped into it. That shit, mm. right? I feel like that's pretty powerful. Yeah, and it's like it if you are if you are internalizing messages like money is the root of all evil, mm-hmm. people who make a lot of money are bad, all that stuff. You truly have to, you have to be aware of it and then you have to combat that. You need to start finding examples of people who have a lot of money who are incredibly generous and are doing really world-changing things, right? Like you have to view money as like this neutral tool that could be used for good, bad, evil, whatever the fuck. And, but some people don't realize that that's what they have going on. Some people think that if they raise their prices or make more money, they're taking from other people and all that stuff, right? Like, there's so much shit here. And um, this actually, this might be a good example for this episode. So I had a client who's an incredible artist, right? Who does these beautiful paintings and only charges like $50 for a painting. Um, that is definitely somebody would probably charge 5000 right? Instead. Wow. And I like if I wanted a painting for my living room that was like the centerpiece of my home, I'm not spending $50 on a painting. Now, not just me. Mm-hmm. I want to spend more. Yes. I want, I want to, I want it to be like this person poured a lot of time, energy, like it's a one of a kind piece. And even though you're doing that, your pricing is telling me that I could just get a replacement one anytime. That's mm-hmm. my operating system. Somebody else might say, oh, $50 is exactly what I want to spend on yep. a painting and it's going to be the centerpiece of my home. But you get to choose who are you making something for yeah and and the pricing can be a part of that and of course like the materials and energy whatever all that and so I I, you know I I'm sharing with this client 
if I wanted to give you $5,000 for a piece of art, I can't even do that right now. Mm. You don't even have something available for me to do that for you. Yeah. So you're shutting things off without even realizing it because you don't actually believe somebody will buy it. So therefore you're not making it. So it's like opening this capacity up for more giving and also more receiving is a big part of, of, you know, increasing your income because there's buyers for every market. There's buyer for that $1 piece of art and the $1 million piece of art. And where on the spectrum do you want to fall? And and how, what are you comfortable with? Yes. And people talk a lot about surrounding yourself with people that elevate you or inspire you or are at the same kind of place in life that you want to be. And I think, like I look at my 20s and generally the people I was around all the time, it's like we were all broke comedians. <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> if you're yeah. never around people who are making any money, you don't even realize that that's an option. Like yeah. I when you're talking about that people, somebody could charge $5,000 for a painting. I would have also been the person that would have charged $50 for it because I wouldn't even think that somebody would pay $5,000 for a painting because I wouldn't have known anybody in my life really that would do that. Right. Right. So I think that's part of it too is like, you know, it's not like you have to change your entire friend group or your family, but just even making yourself more aware through like a YouTube video, through podcasts, just understanding what is out there, what the potential is of, of making money. I think that can be super helpful of expanding your horizons a little bit. Absolutely. And like those, that, those places you have to kind of seek them out a lot of the time. Like if they're not right in front of you, then, you know, thank God for like the online space and stuff, because you might have to actually intentionally get involved in online communities or things like that, where people are talking openly about money and making more money. And I like by no means say like, just go scam a bunch of people out of money. Like the value (laughs) has to be there. But so many people, especially women under charge for their work, because that's another part of like the conditioning. Like you said, Kelsey, at the beginning is like, you felt like you were kind of late to the game in learning about money. I feel the same exact way. But a lot of that was like, you know, women were not involved in money making decisions for a very long time. It was illegal up until like a little bit ago for us to own our own bank account by ourselves. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, it's if you feel like lost in this space or you feel like things are not possible, the system was kind of designed for us to feel that way. And we have to work a little bit harder to to get out of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's an absolute fucking, it's a mind fuck. You have to really be grounded in integrity um, and like to, to price things in a way that makes you feel good about it. Because mm-hmm. if you don't feel good about it or you feel like you are uncomfortable or like pulling one over on somebody, that's energy that people can pick up and they're like, ooh, this is gross. Yeah. I'm not gonna... But if you're like, this painting's worth $5,000, here's what I used, here's my method, here's what it means. And you feel really confident in it. And it's, you know, it's a great piece of work. Like, yeah. So, but, but, but that belief is really driving so much shit and we don't even realize it. So unconscious. Yeah. I uh, I can't remember when this was maybe a few years ago. Now I wrote out on a piece of paper, um, maybe like 10 positive money mantras 
and I framed it in a like a gold picture frame. So to me, when I think <laughs> this is a little feng shui, but when you see gold, even if it's like a painted frame that's gold, in my mind, it looks it looks nice. It looks expensive. And yeah. I have that framed um, list of money mantras in my prosperity corner in my house. And I read that shit out loud. It's not a thing I do every day anymore, but it, it is there. And when I read that out loud, it, ooh, it gets me right in the place I feel like I need to be in terms of a money mindset of like, yep. Yeah. We got to keep fighting against these 30 year long scarcity mindset things and keep reminding ourselves what, what we're worth and, and all of that. Yeah, definitely. And I know like, I mean, I've talked to my dad a lot about this too. Like he had to get his first job at 13 to, you know, pay rent, you know, to help his, his mom out. It's like at 13, it's, you're not really doing that kind of work and you don't have the luxury to be like, what would I be passionate about? How can I make money? It's like, no, you're a 13 year old boy. You have to do the newspaper route. That's what's available (laughs) to you. That's how you can make your money. Right. So it's like, everybody is coming from different circumstances and I, I totally agree acknowledge that um and also there's this great you know there's these great tools now that are free and there's so much information online that if you can get access to a computer or go to a library whatever if you just start with something very simple um you know we 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 can all kind of tap into that now collectively i know for me do you want to get into some of the tools and stuff that have really helped us sure or you want to save that for a different episode no we we (laughs) totally we totally can Um, I also have a list of things that I still need to do financially that I've been kind of dragging my feet on that I I think would help me a lot. Oh yeah, that's that. I would, I'm excited to hear that. Um, so here's some of the like internal things that I've had to learn and remind myself of. So as an entrepreneur, number one, I have to remind myself that all companies have ups and downs with their like profits and their income. Every single company that you work for, whatever, has low revenue months, high revenue months, in the middle, whatever. Mm -hmm. But as an entrepreneur or if you're self-employed, you feel every single one of those things, right? Like you see it. And for me, I've had to really look at the way I make money very differently now. I have to zoom out and think of this as what I make in a year versus Mm. what I make every two weeks or a month. At my day jobs, I get the same amount of money every two weeks, no matter what's going on with the company, whether they're they're doing great or not, my paycheck stays the same. And so if you're self-employed or an entrepreneur, just remember, it can be so easy to forget that other companies are going through highs and lows. Mm. You just might, might not be like privy to it as an employee of the company. And then when you're the owner of a company, you see everything and not to be overreactive about any one high, low, whatever. So I have got to say, like, I can't look at this like I'm somebody's employee. I have to look at it as like, what's the what's the next 12 months going to be looking like that? That's been really hard. Yeah. Um, Another tip that's very helpful. We've talked about on the podcast. um, Rachel Rogers mentioned it. I think it was one of her mentors that shared it with her. Um, is finding like a new zero for yourself. And you can do this whether Mm. you're self-employed or work for somebody. But 
instead of freaking out the closer your account gets to zero, what is a new zero for yourself? If you always want to have $2,000 in your account or $300 or $30, whatever that number is for you, and then as it's getting to that number, you maybe make some certain decisions for yourself. That has been a game changer because when I first started my own business, I just didn't have any of those things kind of in place. And I was just like, oh God, hope I make it, you know, hope I make it this month. And that was it. Um, so those are a couple things that have, um, been very helpful. What about you, Kels? Yeah, I think that it's super important, especially if you're somebody who is like an artist or pursuing a career path where you are not getting a set income every week, or maybe you, um, you are getting a set income every week, but it's, it's lower than you would like because you are pursuing your passion and, you know, that is taking its own path. I think you have to make sure you keep telling yourself that like it's not going to be that forever mm-hmm. because I I stayed in that scarcity mindset additionally, not just because of my childhood, but because in stand-up, it can take like well over a decade to start making any sort of substantial money. And even if you're making money just with stand-up, it doesn't, uh, like there were years where I felt like, but what's next month going to be? Like, yeah. I didn't feel very secure in that. And I think that kept feeding that negative money mindset of feeling like I couldn't spend money or I couldn't feel comfortable doing anything. So I would really recommend, like, trying to have a plan for yourself as much as you can and really picturing, like, what if I did have $100,000 in my bank account right now? Would, would I be making different decisions? What are small things I can be doing right now that can start to get me there and help get me out of that icky mindset? Because, ooh, I hated that mindset so much. It was yes. so horrible. And if you're in it for years and years, it can feel so hard to believe that it won't be like that forever. But you have to tell yourself, like, <laughs> it will not be forever. Make a plan keep just keep working forward even if it's small improvements each year really really try to picture what your life is going to be when you're not in that yes I that is one of my favorite exercises is like if you had all the things that you wanted in your bank account whatever that number is for you what decision would you be making today how would you be showing up to work and that instantly gets me in a place of like oh I wouldn't even do this task you know I wouldn't even do this thing I would do this though, because I love it, you know, and I like, that is such a good one to instantly do. Another exercise that was really helpful for me is just getting really honest with what I value and how my money can support that. Right. Like for me, it's kind of asking the question, what am I willing to do? And what I'm, what am I not willing to do for me? I was willing to rent a room for the rest of my life somewhere or pay rent to sleep on somebody's couch somewhere until I could have control over my day to day. Like I am, I am willing to do that. I'm willing to have like the lowest overhead possible. If, yes. if, if it means that I have freedom over my day, not everybody wants that shit. And that's totally okay. Nobody is right or wrong. They're like, no, no, I want to make sure I have my own apartment and my own this. And, and, and I will have a job I don't like very much because I love that other thing so much. It's so worth it. Great. But like everybody is willing to do different things for their financial situation. So getting really honest about what are you willing to do and what are you not willing to do? 
Um, you know, yeah. some people might want a really beautiful car and it makes them feel amazing every time they get into it. And some people might want like a pretty basic car so they could spend more money on going out to dinners or whatever. Like, I think, it, you know, the times that I was really like unhappy it's a lot of it was because my money wasn't going to the places that I really wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, I, th- I feel like I had to have this thing or I had to spend money on this thing. And it made me upset versus like, if I just said, fuck every, what everybody else thinks about how I should spend my money, if it would make me happy, you know, living in yeah. the middle of nowhere, you yeah. know, <laughs> in a hut, I'm going to do that. Right. Like, um, you and your so- hut life. <laughs> I hope you get it someday because I know that it just like gets you so wet to picture this weird hut life and it's not for me. I tell you that much, but it's my retirement. I just want you to be happy. (laughs) My vacation home is going to be some little nook in the middle of nowhere. Enjoy this Um, AC while you got it, Cam. (laughs) We're going to a fucking hut. But like, yeah, just really getting honest about what you value and and how to, you know, make those things happen, make your money work for you in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned at the beginning, too, just feeling like, God, our system is so fucked. And how do we how do we make it work for us? And and I was talking about credit cards. I think I think we shouldn't be afraid of credit cards, but I think we should try to educate ourselves as much as we can on what are the right ones for us. Because I have been able to use ones that give me money back or like there are great plugins online. If you do online shopping, you know, there's like Rakuten, (laughs) which is such like a funny word to say. But goddamn, I mean, you just hook your PayPal up to Rakuten and like almost every website that I shop at, a little thing will pop up that's like, Activate 6% cash back today on Expedia. Activate 10% cash back. Fuck, if you're buying a $500 plane ticket on Expedia, right? Rakuten will just send you $50 back to your PayPal. Like, I know that sounds too good to be true, but there are these great internet yeah. plugins that just send you money back. Um, I was using a Capital One Venture Card for a long time, and they have a thing called Purchase Eraser where whatever amount of money you spend that month, there's a total depending on, you know, there's like different point amounts if it's a gas station or restaurant, whatever. But like you can just erase purchases based on whatever amount of points you've accrued. And uh, like I said, a Delta Amex card, I'm getting a lot of miles with that. Try to, if you're going to have credit cards, just find ones that make sense with your lifestyle and be smart with them. Because I will say, yeah. my credit score is 816, maybe. Like, that's... Nice. It's about as good as it gets. It gets it's close to as good as it gets. And I think it's because I have figured out how to use credit cards in a smart way. I'm not afraid of them now, but I'm, I'm making them work for me, and I'm paying them off every month, so I'm not getting hit with huge interest charges. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's such a, such a good one. I know that um, for me... I mentioned like launching the Dicks by Delaney business. Mm -hmm. And of course, at the time, I only needed about $500 to get that business up and running, but I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So I ended up spending like $3,500 instead. And I... I was like, okay, I can put this on a credit card and really hope I can pay it back as soon as possible. Or... 
I could just save up that money. It'll take me many, many months to save that money up and then I can launch the business. Um, and so I decided to put that on a credit card and I was able to pay it back, I think in something like six weeks or something. And then that catapulted me into actually making more money for myself. And so yeah. that is one example where I'm like, I intentionally used debt to get ahead versus just carry debt like the way that I used to have to because I didn't have any money. I had to buy groceries, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that is something. And and would I have done it if I didn't have a credit card, if I didn't have access to it? A thousand percent. That's just my personality. I would have saved up for six months to a year and then done the thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do think, yeah, we can get afraid to like debt is such a scary, gross word sometimes that we are afraid to kind of utilize it as a tool for like educated, calculated risks. Yeah. Um, and I think like, yeah, I, I, like learning how to game the system. It's a big fucking weird game, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. some of the, ta- some of like the tactical things I've done is I'm a huge fan of automation, like automating different transfers. Um, of course, I never, I didn't always need automation because I, I, I really, you know, I, I was at one point, like I can only spend $2 for every meal I'm eating, right? It was PB&Js mm. and like canned soup. And I lived that life and I, yeah. and I have so much, um, compassion if you're going through a shitty time with money yeah um kelsey and i have both been the struggling <laughs> fucking artists God you know damn, yeah and and so but now automation is so great because um uh you know money comes into my account some of it automatically goes into my joint account with cam i don't see it happening some of it automatically goes into my savings or my checking or whatever um that so you set it up one time and it works for you you don't even have to remember to save five dollars a month Mm -hmm. if you just set up a little automation from one account to another and then you get excited like wow wow you know i've saved a hundred dollars that's exciting like giving yourself that room that momentum and keeping yourself in that mindset is super helpful and now I, I use the same type of um, automation with like giving, right? Like I want to be able to donate money and donating and giving puts me in a really good abundant mindset. And so you can set up monthly automated donations to your favorite organizations. Oh, I love that. And, and you can just do that. You set it up one time and you know at the end of the year, wow, I was able to give X amount this year, right? Yeah. And so you can do that for every day of the month. And it, you could, it could be like $3, for one organization every day or one a month or whatever and you're 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 contributing in that way and it's all automated you don't have to think about it yeah. that's been a game changer for me because i am that stuff overwhelms me and if i can just front load the work once and then benefit from it whew, yeah game changer you oh, know that's awesome uh, are there any things that you feel like you would still like to be doing that you could be doing better financially Um, I'm in a phase now where I'm excited to like diversify my investments and things like that. So, um, I, another game changing thing I have now is like a financial advisor and a really great CPA and bookkeeper. And all that sounds like very overwhelming if that's not where you're at. But I started with just a free consultation Mm -hmm. with a finance professional, you know, like, you can get free information all over the place by just requesting a consultation yeah. and and stuff like that. So that's where I'm at now. And um, my financial advisor has been instrumental in like both me and Cam. What's so great about it is um, it's all personalized, right? Cam works for a, a corporation. 
So he has things that I don't have and vice versa. And so we got to make sure that we're, you know, we're covered in that way. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not the type of person that's going to take money courses. I'm just not. I'm not going to buy a course and try to learn how to invest myself. That's yeah. not me. I would rather pay somebody to do it who's like, you're an expert and you are supposed to know this stuff. Tell me what to do with things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're we're kind of looking into what that might be, whether it's, you know, investing in real estate or whatever. But for me, diversification is like my next step because I get nervous when too many of my eggs are in the same basket. I'm the same way in my business as well. Yeah. What about you, Kels? Yeah. So these are things that are still left over from when we had Delianne, the money coach on. She was talking a lot about investing and and all of that. And I finally have felt in the last maybe couple years of my life that I could do that, which I want to say yeah. that was also a mistake in money mindset. I could have been investing a long time ago. And I think I really bought into this idea that like you have to have a certain amount in your bank account before you can yeah. put it into investing. But it's like, that's the, that's the system fucking with you. We all should, like, I wish I could have started investing younger when I even even just a small amount any small amount you can put in I bet I could have found a way to put 20 bucks in to an account once a month to help it grow and have you know interest and stuff like that but um I have I've waited and I I wish I have not waited so long I wish I hadn't waited so long excuse me but now I'm I'm trying to get going with like a Roth IRA a SEP IRA uh, yeah. she had talked about EFTs and index funds and trying to explain that. And so I just feel like that is my next really big step is to get that going because it doesn't, your money just sitting in your account is silly. <laughs> if like, if you're not doing anything with it, you can be growing it by investing. And I just haven't taken that step. So I, I had told myself that I would get settled in here in Minnesota and you know get everything going and but it's like okay I've been here for six months now I can stop dragging my feet it's time to go make an appointment <laughs> and yeah. and get that going so that's what's next on my list yeah that's so great and you freaking nailed it because I know for me it was this big scary complicated thing in my head of like oh god and I'm all, I was also so embarrassed about my money stuff mm -hmm. when I first met with somebody it was like I was ashamed I was confused it felt hard and complicated and that really kept me from just sending an email or booking a consultation with somebody yeah. and so my very first step this is the phase that I was in I had just started my like my business I was keeping receipts in different drawers I was keeping expenses on like a excel document yeah. I didn't know what the fuck you know I was doing right it was all over the place and my first step was just to have a consultation with a financial, you know, a financial professional and be like, here's where I'm at. It's yeah. a mess over here. Right. <laughs> and it was like the first step before I could afford a, a team and everything like that, you know, a payroll thing, whatever. It was just getting something like QuickBooks or like some kind of accounting software where I could just plug in my stuff and it would calculate things for me or whatever. That's all I could do at that point. Mm -hmm. And then it grew from there and it grew from there. But like, yeah, if you just take that little tiny baby step, maybe it's just putting a dollar a month into something yeah. that grows a little bit and you feel like, okay, I'm fucking doing the thing, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling good about myself. 
Um, but yeah, that, that baby step, I wish I would have treated learning how to make money like any other skill that I've treated in my whole life. Right. Like learning how to play basketball. Right. Like take that first step. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you you take the first shot. You it probably sucks, and you get better. Like <laughs> yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So wherever you are, uh, I really recommend. I'm always a big fan of going straight to the experts and getting a free consultation. Yeah. Because even if you're not ready to become a client or whatever, you can get some first baby steps, some strategy, and then you can just keep doing that. You can meet with as many fucking people as you want all over the world or yeah. wherever. And you can actually just get, okay, I have some information now. I know what my first step is going to be. And I know who I'm going to work with at some point when I'm ready because I've met with that person or whatever. Yeah. Just uh, any little baby step is great. Take a baby um, step. Yeah. When I was at my day job, I didn't do this, but I wish I could go back in time and do it. it was just try to like contribute as much as I could to any kind of employee benefit program, mm-hmm. 401k, that kind of stuff. Um, if you're able to, I mean, so I, sometimes I really was not able to do that because I needed yeah. all the money. Yeah. Um, but doing that is great if you can. Um, I also did something really unconventional that people would fucking gasp at and tell you never to do. But I actually took my 401k out from my corporate job in order to give myself a nest egg when I started my business. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not something recommended for any situation, but I would not be where I am today if I had not done that and wow. taken that fucking ding because I needed a little something, you know? Yeah. Um, And then um, I know we talked about this on our like the upgrade episode. We did all the space upgrades that you can make that are simple that just make you feel abundant. There's just so many other things that can make you feel good um, and abundant that doesn't even have anything to to do with money. Um, And being and practicing gratitude for the stuff that you that you do have uh, is just a game changer. Yeah. like there's a there's a lemon tree in my little uh, neighborhood, like the nook where I live. And I'm just like, wow, it's so nice that we don't have to pay for lemons. Like we can just grab a lemon off the tree, yeah. put it over a, a salad, like anything like that. Um, just really practicing gratitude. And then one thing I wish I could go back in time and do is actually ask for raises when I knew I mm. deserved one instead of being afraid of it. Even knowing that other people were making more and I was doing either a better job or the same job or whatever, um, asking for what I wanted and making it known that I, I here's all the things and reasons why. So yeah, yep. asking for a raise if you can or finding a position that feels better and really going for it starting a side hustle, just like anything. If you're really excited about increasing your income, um, kind of taking your power back. So anyway. I love it. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I know this is one of those ones we could just talk and talk about because... I know. It's so much. so much. And money is something that we all encounter on a daily basis. We're always trying to figure it out and... You're spending money every day. You're making money every day, hopefully. It's something that you have to figure out how you feel about it. Totally. And like, look, you can make an impact without making a lot of money too. Like you can feel very abundant. I I talked to somebody recently who really does not make that much every month, but they're able to travel the world um, and live out of like Airbnbs and do what they love for a living. And they're like, I feel incredibly abundant because I don't need much to do exactly what I want to do and to make a living off of what, you know, whatever. And so it's like, 
it doesn't have to be like, and not everybody's number is the same. Yeah. And again, you could also just live in a hut in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and also make an impact that way. Maybe you got a big social media following and you fundraise <laughs> and you, and you donate it to an organization. So I don't know. Everybody's yeah. really, really different, but yeah. 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 I am well. sure we'll do another episode like this in some, some amount of time and just kind of update where we're at and any new tips we've learned. But Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, we have an iTunes review of the episode. This is from ABCNIC. They say, a breath of fresh air. I love this podcast. I like self-help. I like to laugh. This is great. Keep it up. Thanks. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love oh, it. it. I really I appreciate that you took time to do that. Thank you. If you want to have an iTunes review read on the show, you can go leave us even just a sweet sentence you know just a quick yeah. thing but it really helps the show and uh and we love to connect with you guys that way so thank you thank you so much abc nick yeah we we, we read one every single episode so there's a really good chance that you're going to hear yours yeah. um and kels do you have any like segments or anything that you'd like to share or plug today yeah well just speaking of investing in yourself and and not being afraid to to spend money if it's going to benefit you and and all of that. I'm uh, I'm going to book a skin consultation with an esthetician who I actually saw like a decade ago, but just because she was um, she was married to a comedian and she happened to be there, but she's like a celebrity esthetician. You know, speaking of like valuing your expertise, you know, she she charges. It's it's quite a bit for just even like a Zoom consultation, but I know that she is so valuable and her her skills and her knowledge are so valuable and I really would like to pick her brain about some of my skin routine things and just make sure I'm doing the right thing. So uh, I'm going to have a skin co- consultation with her. I'm going to book that soon. And then I'm hoping actually that she would like to come on the podcast and share her knowledge nice. with our listeners. So So we will see, but I'm looking forward to that. Ooh, very cool. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. How about you? Um, I don't really have anything specific. I think I'll just kind of go off of today's episode is like um, right now I'm in a phase where I'm actually like when it comes to money, I'm actually budgeting and stuff like that. And I feel like just being flexible with your relationship with money and the different changes it has throughout your life Um that's kind of like what I'm focusing on. Yeah. There's been times where I'm like, oh, I feel like I can spend really freely and kind of do whatever. And then there's times where I'm like, I'm in like saving mode because I want to do this next thing that's going to require a little bit more from me in this space. And yeah, like it's not, if I could go back in time and tell myself something about like finances is just like, it's going to be different at like mm-hmm. every, every year, you know, it's like nothing is really linear in, in certain ways. And sometimes you're going to have a lot of liquidity and not many assets. And then you might have a lot of assets. And then I'm, it's, it's all just like, if you can be fluid and flexible and not uh, put so much emotion into it of like what your money says about you at a given time, um yeah that's kind of that's I'm so I'm like I'm in a budget phase right now Mm. and I think that's like important to share because like you know that's not gonna those phases go up and down no matter like how much you're making and what you're doing I paid as much as I never uh, I got a very large tax bill I wasn't prepared for Mm -hmm. and now I'm like in a phase where I'm like okay back to eating beans for dinner you know (laughs) I'm like okay I'm okay with this because I've I've worked that muscle enough to 
um, to like know that I have some control and power over how, what the decisions I can make next, you know? So, Hey, if you're going through it, you know, we feel you. Yeah. And and you you can do it. You can do it. Yes. All right, guys. Well, we hope you have a fantastic week. Um, go to KelseyCook.com, get some tour date tickets. So many coming up. And, uh, Fabulous. Yeah. yeah, and you can head over to DelaneyFisher.com for uh, my unconventional career podcast. Yay. All right. Bye, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. Yeah, yeah.